0: Have, uh, some of that needs prairie up this morning, Holly and I'm still sick. They had uh, a bout with COVID last week and they're still not over that. So the whole household is sick. That, and I told her, I said, you know, that since she started coming and her goal was to get her brother and daughter here, the enemy has been fighting her tooth toe- and toenails. She was hospitalized for that infection. And now she, they got hit with the COVID when Jared went to school. <clears throat> she said he he brought it home, she thinks. So whatever. But anyway, so keep that in prayer. She's not quitting. She keeps telling us, well, I'm not stopping. <laughs> yeah, because the pastor said, don't stop. Remember when she first came back to the Lord. She said, I'm not stopping.
1: No, so, pastor didn't tell her.
0: Well, the Lord told her, yes, through pastor to don't stop. So she said, I'm not stopping. She said it just one day after another the last couple weeks. So really keep them in prayer. You know, we need to be covering our brothers and sisters in prayer. Prayer is the best thing you can do for them. Amen? Amen. Sherry's back, thank God. She's been through a bout ever since the picnic. The devil's been attacking her physically also great gain some new strength today I believe it says yeah so praise God for you that are here and uh, I believe the Lord's gonna leave again this week like he did last week maybe not in the same way but he's gonna bless us amen why because he loves us he loves his children amen Amen. he does so uh, last week I kind of forgot our treasure chest so and I even forgot my points Hey, I just kicked them all out of my pocket <laughs> to get them ready for this and put them in a bag and left it in the china closet. So, anyways, I will see if they get in. But if you have any coins or offerings for the treasure chest, now's the time to do that. And then we'll get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. God's so good. We're glad Brother Steve could be with us this Sunday. We don't normally have a way on Sundays right now, but uh, so we went down and got him today to bring him up here It's a little hole for him, but we're glad we have him. Good you found some coins? Yeah. Good girl. <laughs> clean it out, girl, clean it out. Good to the last drop. <laughs> The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, if you need a financial blessing, you need to serve some seeds. The Bible says in, uh, I think it's in Genesis. You can look it up. I can do some homework for you to get into your word. The Bible says that every seed produces after its own kind. You don't plant corn and get a watermelon. Do you? No, no. But if you do, I wonder well, what kind of seed you're using. You know, whatever seed, each seed produces after its own kind. So if you sow seeds of love, you'll reap seeds of love. If you sow some money seeds, you're going to reap some finances. You know, you have to go by the word of God. And the best time to sow is when you don't have it. Go ahead, that's good. I think going out. When it pinches to even get it out, that's the best time to sow. Why? Because the Bible says in Genesis also that. Isaac so in a famine. A famine is a, a place of lack. Are you lacking anything this morning? Lacking some money? Serve some money. Lacking some love? Start showing some love. Start speaking some love instead of speaking all that other stuff you've been speaking. You know, all well, every one of us today stand in a position in our life today because of what we've been speaking all of our life. Why? Because words are creative. They'll create, and you're where you're at because you chose that through your speech. Your speech reinforced it and brought it to pass. It may have taken some time. Sometimes it takes time. You gotta keep speaking. You don't quit till you see that thing manifest. Don't quit speaking that word if you need healing. You speak that word over your body until it manifests. That's how often you got to keep speaking it. Why? Because the devil's going to bite you. He don't want you well. He wants you broke, busted, and disgusted. That's his plan for you. How's that working for you? Anybody want that plan? I'm told. No nope. But see people don't want to work the word. Too lazy to speak good things, but they can speak a lot of negative stuff. They can cuss, they can swear, they can whatever. If they can't speak the good thing, it's going to be a benefit to them. Makes no sense to me. Does it to you? We got a good lesson this morning. Ah, if I can bring it out, it'll be a good lesson. Praise God. All right. Ties and offerings. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Don't give, and that's what you're going to receive. Don't do nothing, you're going to get nothing. Does that sound mean? No. No. It's the Word of God. Some some of the things in the Word of God, he didn't give you an option. He did not give you an option. It was a command when he said, give, and it shall be given unto you. That wasn't, oh, if you feel like it. Oh, if you got a million in the bank. Let me tell you something. If, you, if you're if you not faithful over your $10, you're not going to be faithful over your 10000 or your $10 million.
2: No.
0: You won't be. You might think you would be, but you won't be. you got to be faithful over the few things. Then God will move you to the larger things. That's also his word. Amen? Amen. It's true anyway i love the word of god no matter what you talk about it's answered in his word if you'll go there and look it up and receive it and some of the word of god's hard to receive bible gives a lot of uh adjectives that describe the word of god one is a hammer it's like a hammer what do you use a hammer for a pound you beat stuff Nail it into shape. Nail it down. You want to nail your life down and change your life. Change your speech. Start nailing that thing down. It's a work. The Bible says to work out your salvation. Work is laborious. It's labor to it.
1: Amen. What did your brother? What did your brother tell you about the hammer when he was building that deck?
0: Oh, it's ask, like a light hammer. You
1: ask him why Why he's using such a heavy hammer.
0: Yeah, I picked up his hammer, and I was like, just for a hammer. I said, why do you have such a heavy hammer for? He said, well, now you nail the nail here. I'll put a nail in. You nail a nail with your hammer, and I'll nail one with my hammer. That's the hammer, the heavy hammer, gets that nail in there between maybe two swings, whatever, two pounds, whatever. Mine, I have... Until I get that baby in there, see? You gotta use the right tool for the right job. Wear you out? Yeah, it would. It would wear you out.
1: And he said, by the end of the day, till he got the deck built, he's got energy to go. You'd be worn out.
0: That's right. So, so for your life, you gotta use the right tool to straighten up your life. Keep doing it your way. Are you happy with your way? No, a lot of people's not happy with their life, but they won't do anything to change it. And they won't listen to wise godly instruction. They just want to do their own thing and how's that working for you? Amen. Amen. I'm not easy like pastors. Sorry. I'm gonna tell you what what works. I've seen it work. You can't deny it works. If it's not working for you, it's because you're not working it and not doing it. God's way. You want to do it your way, and that ain't gonna work. You will find yourself in the same position ten years down the road because you refuse to listen. Amen.
2: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Anyways,
0: no. I, I love the Lord. I love His Word. I love His house.
1: Aren't you to bless him. I love Him. Bless some two ushers you got. Yeah,
0: standing. these handsome dudes. I- that I am, weren't I, huh? Oh, Seth, <laughs> are you going to stand for that?
1: Well, you were talking about me, right? I, mean, I was. I, was, I, I was. think it's
0: a confusion, young man. <laughs> as good as That's good, isn't it? No the time. confusion in this house. Father, the the Lord's <laughs> here. No <laughs> confusion in this house. The Lord's here. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for joy and health and strength today. I thank you oh, for yes. people.
1: Yes. And I thank
0: you bless and encourage their hearts today. Yes, Father, today, let them Lord. receive the word today and begin not just to receive it. They need to put it into action in their life and they'll see you work, Lord. Help us to no longer tie your hands, but to begin to give you free reign in our hearts and in our lives. Receive our gifts this morning. Stretch them, Lord, back into their lives. Those that are being faithful to you, Father God, we just pray that you will just reward them richly. According according to your word. And we'll thank you for it, Father. Amen. Amen. God's good all the time. He put a song of praise in his heart of mine. So let's worship a little bit. Keep singing. I like that. I can't sing.
1: Well, you just forgot. Well, not.
0: <laughs> good. <laughs> not, not good. But you sing to the Lord, so it I, can, I can make a joyful noise. Well, you yeah.
1: somebody to help you. <laughs> yeah. Now you told me I can't sing, That's but you know what? you, you know. can. You can make a joyful noise. Yeah.
0: work i tried that once it don't work well you've got to keep working the word and declaring the word the bible says if you declare a thing decree a thing it will be established now it might take a little bit to get it uh, to manifest in your life but that's because the devil's going to fight you on it number one and number two because he wants to hold it up he don't want you to believe what God says and sometimes if you like uh like I have a list of confessions that I wrote down that I put, put on paper. And so when I'm in there, and pastors decided to take a snooze, I do my declarations over myself. Why? Because I want myself to be all that God wants me to be. So I declare his word over my life. And then some of them I feel a little stupid declaring because they're not so. You know what I mean? Like you, you might be 20 pounds overweight, but you say, "I am strong, I am fit, I am muscular, I am whatever." I forget what they all are, but or you might declare, "I am debt free," and you've got a pal debts as high. It might sound stupid to do it, but it's the word of God, and you need to keep confessing that word, and it will come to pass. In His timing, of course. And until that time, he'll take care of you. and He'll make a way out of no way sometimes for different things that we need. But you got to trust him. You, our trials and, and tests and things that come are to prove us. To prove us. God wants to see what's in our hearts. Let somebody, you know, they say it like a tea bag. They say it's tea in that bag, but it don't come out unless you put it in hot water. Get it hot. Then that tea comes out of there. Right? So sometimes we have to get in hot water for God to root some of that junk that's in us out of there. He needs that out of you. He wants us to be all that we can be in Him and be used of Him, and He can't use you if you're all cluttered up, all piled up with all this stuff. Amen? So I was listening to this one message on these 10 things that can hinder you. And you might not even realize it, that that's what's wrong. Right away, we want to blame God right away. Well, you don't back your word up. Well, your word lies. Well, no, it doesn't. The Bible says His word's settled forever in heaven and in earth. It's not going to change. So if you don't want to do it God's way, it's not going to get done. Yeah. you got to do it God's way. Amen? So I thought, you know, I want, I want to. Put some of this out there, shake some people up. Didn't even realize some things. Well, let me know. I, let, let me tell you, I got it first. Because I found myself in some of these ten things. Especially number one, which I'm gonna give you. Number one, okay. So how many of you here wants a want to change? Wants your life to change? Wants your circumstances around you to change, or you want to stay right where you are? No, you should want to excel and be more. You should want people to look at you and say, how how are you doing that? How'd that happen for you? We're in a recession. How'd you do that? You know? How'd you pay that big bill off when you're in a recession and the government's eating up all your money? How'd you do that? God, God, amen? So let's look at number one here. I might have a thing I want to share with you first. I highlight it here in yellow. I highlight it in yellow so I know I want to bring that point out. Some of the bad habits, these bad habits that I'm going to read to you are um, people who go around and um, do statistics and things. They find that these, some of these, these 10 habits are what they mostly find in people who are unsuccessful. They're not successful in their life. And they're certainly not where they wanna be, but they keep doing the same thing. You know, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting it to change. It's not a change if you keep doing the same things over and over, right? Right. So. Uh, These are some things that unsuccessful people demonstrate, bad habits that they demonstrate. Now, we know nobody's perfect. We're not saying that like I told you. I found myself in some of these, okay? But there are certain consistent behaviors that people do that's going to keep them right there. They're never going to be prosperous. They're never going to be healthy. They're never going to have what God wants them to have. And it doesn't make God's word a loud or a lie. It makes you tying his hands. Okay. So we'll see if you can identify with all these. And it, they're not to discourage you, please. Don't think that this lesson's going to be discouraging. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to get you to be determined. What? Change some of these things so that your life can change. Amen. So, number one, I do this now and then. Once. It's an old German proverb that says, Instead of complaining that the rose bush is full of thorns, be happy that the thorn bush has some roses. What did we talk about the other week on perspectives? How do you see a thing? How are you seeing a thing? That person is seeing the rose bush as thorny. They're missing the beauty of the beautiful flowers and the beautiful scent of the flowers because all they're thinking about is that jumping. So it's all how you see something. So, number one would be unsuccessful people habitually complain. Like I said, I found myself in here. Researchers say that the average person complains 30 times a day. Is it healthy to complain constantly? Listen to this. This affects your health. This one hit me right between the eyes, actually. I can complain. I'm complaining about the rain. Oh, the rain smashes my hair. would Smashing my hair. It's blah, 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 blah. blah. Well, what about it being the earth, <laughs> you know? When you complain, you increase your levels of cortisol, also known as the stress hormone. And medical science has proved what stress does to your body. Chronically high levels of cortisol can lead to a variety of health problems, including increased risk, risk of depression, digestive problems, sleep issues, higher blood pressure, and even increased risk of heart disease. Is that amazing or what? I'll own that one because I'm pretty sure I've flown four of those complaints right there. Don't forget the there you I'm still. go. Ahead. I'm going to give you some things that we complain about in case you think you're one of those that don't ever complain. Also, what does complaining do to the brain? It actually affects your brain. Can you believe that? Research from the Stanford University has shown that complaining shrinks the hippopotamus. No, it doesn't say that. The hippo. Campus. Campus. <laughs> I just said hippopotamus to be funny. Listen up, people. Shrinks the hippocampus, an area of the brain that is critical to problem solving and intelligent thought. Damage to the hippocampus is scary, especially when you consider the fact that it is the one primary brain area. That is destroyed by Alzheimer's. Now, I didn't do the research, but I know there's a lot of people with Alzheimer's and dementia that their brains are being destroyed. Would you believe complaining alone can affect that or can uh, progress that deterioration? So I complain amen that's good to know yesterday thank you people can identify exactly how successful or unsuccessful you are the moment you open your mouth Why? because most times we're complaining about something the truth is the only thing complaining does is convince other people that you are not in control I'll give you some examples in a minute. Complaining is a subconscious way of expressing that you are powerless to change your circumstances. We're never powerless as children of God. If we will work the word, it will work in our lives. And you will not be powerless. When you complain about your debt, you're actually voicing hopelessness to be financially free. When you complain about your body, You are decreeing impossibilities to be in shape. And we all know that is not true. We can change if we want to. (coughs) We can firm up our bodies. We can let it get fat and sloppy and hanging down to our toes or whatever. Weak, weak, our muscles are weak. When you complain about your job, you're expressing despair that it can never improve. What a choice manner sayings is this, don't complain about something that you don't have a vision to change. If you're not gonna make changes in your finances or to your body or your place of employment, then don't complain about it. You choose it. You choose that job. You choose that car. You choose that house or whatever. If you're in debt, you're it. You need those charge cards. Pasta didn't come to your house. There is no pasta. And run up your charges. No, you did it yourself. So if you want to change it, you got to make the change. You ate all that food you knew you shouldn't eat. That wasn't good for your body. Hello? We're all giving you that one, right? Some just did more, uh, and some just didn't. Uh, they're more mm-hmm. indulgent in it than others. I guess I'll be nice. I'll try to be nice. Yeah. So don't complain about it. Pay attention. Start paying attention to how many times you complain it in a day. Here's some of the things we complain about. The traffic. Anybody ever do that? You ever give somebody a, beside you a look, a finger? Hopefully it was a hello, not a, that other one <laughs> at once. There's no once you know what my thing is, complaining? Once a day. Once every time we driving, I'm like, once well, give us some gas. you got to give it gas. Yeah, when people are going slow, that's me. Got to give it some gas. Go. <laughs> you know? When we right. you know? we'll complain about the weather, if it's raining, mm-hmm. You don't like getting wet. If it's hot, sunshine, well then we're too hot. Well, then if it's snowing, well then the rains are bad, it's too messy, so we complain again. We we just complain, that's what we do. You complain about your hair. You complain about how you slept or you didn't sleep. What's the first words out of your mouth you get up, oh I must have slept wrong. About a kink. probably complained more than thirty times. Thirty is now, You know. We probably all complain more than thirty. You you complain about your hunger, you complain about your hair. You complain about the stoplight. Well hello, this is not a Los Angeles, let's change here. We watched a meeting on Hallmark some year some time ago of a, a little hit town out somewhere and neighboring horses had ranches and all that stuff. And, so the one sheriff comes there. He comes from big city, from New York, and comes there and starts where with was a police officer and comes there and is the town sheriff. And uh, he's talking about a crime going on in the town. And the mayor, the mayor, which was goofy, but anyhow, the mayor he says, "Come on, Bobby, this ain't no Los Angeles." You know, so now Pastor and I, when we get to a light and it holds and holds and holds, we're like, come on, this is not Los Angeles, let's go. You know, <laughs> <So you're> complaining. <laughs> complaining. Y'all be thankful we have the lights and everybody's not running over each other. you always still try it with the lights, but if just think if we didn't have them. Just think if we had no lights. It would be awful, would it? Uh, be you complain about your parking space. They need to make these figures. You can't hardly get out the door. They're too close. They're greedy for money, so they have the cars parked on top of each other. So we complain about that? We complain about the restaurant. (laughs) Their food is cold, or the food's too hot, or it's too dry, or... We complain that our heads hurt. You know what? If if we really believed... One time I said this one other time. Uh... If we really believe that, like uh, Mark chapter 4, I think it is, the, putting it in my word, it says, what you say is what you get. Because it says about speaking and it'll and be. Okay? So in our English, that's what you say is what you get. Well, if we really believe that, how far would you be, be if you got up and you said, oh, my head is killing me? What? dead meat. Your head would kill you right there. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Power. Okay. Thank God for His mercy and His grace. Right? you don't give us everything we say or do. We really in trouble. You complain at your long list of do dos to-dos, a long list of to-dos. And you complain about how tired you are endlessly. The list is endless, actually. You can see how we are complainers. Living in the most prosperous nation in the world, most blessed nation. Yeah, they're trying to mess it up, but God's got his hand on America.
1: He's going to fix
0: it. Don't take a man to fix it. It takes God to fix it, and he will fix it in his time. You know like i said earlier we go through things because he wants to prove what's in people's hearts do you love him or not are you going to serve him or not or does everything have to go your way how you want it when you want it before you'll serve him oh you're all happy when you get that money when you get that vehicle when you get that job or whatever it is we're all happy go lucky let a little issue pop up. Repound the don'ts. Got mule face religion. When you complain about your life, the only thing you'll get is a lot more to complain about. <laughs> How many ever played that game? Now, this one I don't think we ever played in the car, but it was called Slug Bug. Anybody ever played that? Okay, I guess none of us old enough for that, even me. I don't know. But anyway, well, kids were playing in the car just so they'd be the first one to yell, slow bug," they would, and then they'd punch the person. What they would do is they'd watch for the VWs, the yeah, play well, bugs We called that punch buttons. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So as soon as they'd see one, then, you know, they could say that and then punch each other. Well, guess what? When you start, I noticed this. I guess when I really noticed this was after Tommy, our son Tommy, was killed. He had been driving our car, which was a little uh, gray, silver horizon. And uh, and of course, uh, one of the things of grief, especially the way we went through it, with how we went through it, because he went and then never came home that night. and. Um, And we had closed caskets that we didn't see him and all that. So I kept saying, no, this is a lie. Denial is one of them. sets and grief. And I said, he's out there somewhere. He's just got amnesia. You know, I used to tell myself that because I didn't want him to be gone, right? So we'd be going down the road. And I saw so many silver horizons you would not believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you focus on one thing, you will begin to see that thing a lot, and uh, so I would I was looking for that horizon. You know what I mean, even though we're but. <coughs> well, complaining works the same way. It magnifies the negatives in your life so much that it will crowd out the potential for you to see anything else. Your complaining has internal consequences and external consequences. It can drain your energy. It will cause you to subconsciously feel hopeless about your circumstance. Anybody there or felt there? i felt there before, hopeless. Uh, uh, nothing's working. Your self-esteem will take a hit. You'll think, well, I mean, it's always me. I'm always a low man on the totem pole. And it can be contagious that you'll start trying. That spirit will hop on people next to you and they'll start complaining right along with you. They will. Remember the Israelites in the Bible? They were on an 11 day journey to get to their promised land. Now, the Lord told you if you do this, 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 and <coughs> 11 days, you'll have what you need. If you need money, if you need your body healed, if you need a house, if you need a car, whatever you need a job, in eleven days you will have it. That's your promised land. To you, that would be your promised land. Well, the Israelites had a promised land that God promised them that they were headed to. That was the the grapes, that big thing of grapes down in the social hall that Pastor made for one message that he was preaching. That's how the, the uh, clusters of grapes were in this promised land. They were so huge that they had to carry them on their shoulders between two people. You could just, not like the little clusters we get in the store, a little cluster of grapes. No, they were huge. And their promise, God promised them a land flowing with milk and honey and, and all kinds of good stuff. And it's only 11 days away. But guess what happened? They started complaining. They complained about the food God gave them. They complained about the water. They complained about their leader. They started complaining, complaining, complaining. And guess how long it took them to get to that promised land instead of 11 days? Forty years. Forty years. How long do you want to wait on your promise from God? Your complaining could be holding it up. It's what's tying the hands of God. Amen? Yeah. Now, write this down here. What circumstances are you circling year after year? Joyce Meyer says it this way How long do you want to go around the same mountain? Keep going through the same thing. A lot of people, they keep going through the same thing in life. Because they will not change. They won't make the change that would make it better, according to God's word. We can think about our spouses and you talk about their bad spots. What about the good spots? They might at least have good teeth. You know, at least check their teeth out. They don't do anything else right. <laughs> Maybe they have good teeth. I don't know. <laughs> but we complain about our spouses, we complain about just so many things, you know, and yet you want it, you complain about your debt, well, start paying it off, you know, and start getting rid of them. I have one thing here, the scripture here. Oh, and about the utilities. I know a lot of people, I've seen a lot of complaints on some of my friends on Facebook about their electric bill and stuff going up and everything but you know what you gotta realize we had our electric go off the other day nobody likes their electric ball you just can't no more. it's hard to do anything right Turn it, off. it is and utilities are actually a blessing should be a blessing to us and I know one time, I told you this before, I used to complain about paying electric and gas and stuff. I hate paying those bills. Well, I it paying those bills. I would have made that past tense. <laughs> and one day the Lord showed me, hey, if you didn't have that bill to pay, you wouldn't have gas. You wouldn't have to eat in the winter. How are you going to take people and you go to set your chairs in the middle of the floor and burn them up? You gonna run a flashlight to the battery's dead? You going to burn candles so they burn down to the bottom? What? If you didn't have electricity. So I started to looking at my electric and gas. Thanking the Lord, I still will have to like it. He didn't say I had to like it. Did he? No. If you find that scripture, tell me I'm I'm carrying that one out. <laughs> no. I didn't. But he didn't tell us we had to like what we go through, did he? No, but he just told us to go through it and praise him in the midst of it and thank him in the midst of it. So, I have this little thing wrote down. Complain and you'll remain. Mm. Complain and you'll remain. Complain about your debt and don't do nothing to stop it. You'll remain right in that debt. Amen? Amen. It's true. Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things... Now, does that sound like that's an option to you? Does is God giving you an option there? I don't hear no option. No. He's saying, do. So that's like a command. Do. All things. Yeah. Without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining. That's right. There's no option there. I don't see an option. I don't see, uh, oh, except if. The light feel went too high. Oh, except if. Blah, 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 blah. No, it's do all things, all things without grumbling, fault finding, and complaining. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says that our words have the power of life and death in our life. It's true. Now a lot of times. Um, I had a thing written here, but I don't see it now, so I don't know where it went, but it's okay. It's because you didn't highlight
2: it in yellow. Yeah, I didn't highlight it in yellow. I I
0: actually didn't, did I?
1: Mm. I have ripped it
0: out. I must (laughs) tore that (laughs)
2: one
1: out. (laughs) Probably
0: tore it out. Yeah. I think I tore that one out. But anyways, you know, so if if you're in... This is a thing with a lot of people. Well, I'll get into that in another one. The thing is, the choice is up to us. It's all God always lets it up to us. Mm-hmm. We can choose to keep right on complaining. And we'll find more and more things to complain about down the road, for sure. You know? Or you can choose to stop that. Catch yourself. Try to catch yourself when you begin to complain. So that's the first thing, the main thing that a lot of people do that. unsuccessful in their life. They never seem to get nowhere. The second thing, this is another one, although we never really had an issue with this one, but some people do. They are always late. Now you wouldn't think that would affect your life, but it does. It will. So for some people being on time seems almost impossible. Even if they prepare all day to get ready to go out, they know they're going out that night. And they'll mess around and fool around most of the day and the time gets there and they're rushing around the last minute to get out the door and then probably get out the door 10 minutes late. But chronic lateness communicates a strong message. Number one, you're inconsiderate of other people's schedules. You wouldn't think that, but you are. You're inconsiderate of their schedules. Okay, that's one thing. What if you're the one that's late to the wedding? Brads are already up there and you come sneaking in the door and everybody turns and looks because they heard the door open. And now you've got to go up amongst the people, and somebody's got to move to make room for you. So you're disturbing that part of it. Yeah. We don't think about what our lateness does. Okay. Uh, you're a procrastinator. You're selfish and you're unreliable and not in control. That might sound a little mean. It does sound a little mean, but it's true. Study after study shows this could be the message that you are unintentionally giving to other people if you're a consistent be later person. Okay. Now it's not that sometimes any of us can be late at some certain time. You might get a phone call at the last minute when you have little kids. One might pick their diaper right when you're ready to go out the door. and You don't want them sitting in that all the way to church, so. Yeah, change it. As there's sometimes where some of us will be legitimately late. This is talking about people who are consistently late to everything. Go to your job the last minute, getting there at the last minute Well, the boss is watching that. You know, I know Jody always told her people, her kids, and we've always taught our kids be 15 minutes early. You could be fifteen minutes late, you could be fifteen minutes early. And be the last one to leave. I mean if it's a where you know it closes. Now there's different shifts that other people are there, but you know. That shows your integrity to your job, you know. I think I need a copy of that. What do you do when it's your boss himself who speaks? (laughs) He can't be boss.
2: (laughs) You
0: but work your know, way know, up. Know, to, know, you know. work your way up to the boss. I'm gonna plaster that on the <laughs> backboard. Everybody this one guy wrote <laughs> a book, he said being late says a lot about you and none of it is good. Because <laughs> so. 'cause you're all you're all sending a message to other people by you being late all the time. And it's not a positive message that you're sending, so Late is one of the things, okay? When you're on time and that and you're punctual, Pastor and I, we're always here early. And then, like you said, dear, we got to keep trying to get him out the door earlier and earlier and earlier. You can go to the street the other way, too. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're always here early. Even when we didn't open the cafe and others opened it, or Jerry was here to open, turn the lights on and all that. We still came early before service. We always just, we just do that. Okay, so number one, don't complain, stop complaining. Don't be late, quit being late to everything. The number three thing, and I believe this one really, uh, is really, uh, it just nails you in that spot of being unsuccessful, and that is they blame others. They blame others. They blame others for where they're at in life. No! Your choices are your choices. Unsuccessful people always point the finger at someone else for why they are where they are in life. Do you realize when you point your finger there's three more pointing back at you? They assume a victim mentality. They do. And they'll give you every reason in the book why they can't succeed. Well, it's the government. They don't give me enough money, they take away my money. Was it Abraham Lincoln that was like really, really poor? There's a lot of old uh, other people that if you start reading and studying on successful people, you know, Steve Harvey. He's the, one of the greatest comedians, they say. Uh, oh, a prosperous comedian, you know. and But there was a time where he lived in his car. He lived in his car. He had no money.
1: He had no place to
0: live. He didn't have a roof over his head. He lived in his car. While he was in that car, he started preparing himself for where he wanted to be. He started getting his jokes lined up. He'd stand look in the, in the mirror, or sit and look in the mirror, and he'd talk to the mirror and say his jokes to his mirror when nobody else was listening. And just one night, he went to this club to hear another stand-up comedian. And the guy didn't show up. So the person who owned the club came over to Steve and asked him if he would do a show, do a few things up on stage. He said, no, I'm not ready, I don't have anything. No, he didn't say that, because he was ready. He started preparing when it seemed stupid, when it seemed foolish to do it. He started preparing for that thing. He got up on stage and, well, the rest is history. He made a big 50 bucks that night, but that was like 50,000 to him, because he had nothing. You know, so that's where it started. And there's so many successful people. If you read uh, how they got to where they are, they have certain things that they do. They journal. What's journal? They write down their dreams and goals. They don't just think them in the head. They wrote them down. The the one guy that was uh has a big belt wrestling, fighting, whatever it is, uh, world wrestler person, whatever. Rodney Piper. He kept writing. He would even sign different papers. And he'd say, like, oh, uh, I'll say it this way. That wasn't how it was, but I'll say it this way. He'd write down, World uh, 2021 world champion wrestler, Joe Schmo. I forget his name, suffered It wasn't so. He wasn't the world champion. But by that year, whatever year he wrote down, I forget why he wrote down. He was the champion. Well, these people. Oprah Winfrey was another one. She wrote. She journals all the time. She writes everything down. Even things that seem far fetched, she writes it down. Why? Because the Bible said to. See, they they they're just doing that, but no, God had the idea first, Habakkuk 2 too, write the vision, make it plain people without a vision perish, that means you don't set their goals, you don't have no goals you're not going to attain those specific goals because you haven't got any insight you're not preparing for them that's another lesson anyways, so quit blaming other people you made that bed. You bought that thing. Those things. I laugh when I go past people's garages and they have the door up. And it's so powerful, jump! You can't get a car in there. You couldn't even get a little matchbox in there, much less a car. And then most most of the same people rent a storage ship. They make the a storage shed, too, for their stuff. Well, you bought that stuff. You put yourself in that debt. You, you did it, you know. But they'll blame someone else. they always blame somebody else. Well, guess where that started? In the Bible, in the Bible, read your Bible. Back in Genesis. Adam blamed Eve and God. Well, God was a woman you gave me. What's wrong with you? Eve blamed the serpent. Well, what'd you let him talk to me like that for? The blame game. People still do it today. Did we blame the president? Well, the kind of candidates (laughs) were for some things. (laughs) But still, but still, now, when the other O was in, when the old man was in there, we had some of the same situation. We went through a recession time when that one was in too for, because of some of the decisions he made. But guess what? God still kept us. He kept you. You know, God still keeps his people. He takes care of his people. If we will obey him, and listen to him. But people do that. They don't want to take the, 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 the consequences of what they're going through as their responsibility. They did it. They, they are the ones that did it. Okay. So you need to make per, take a, a personal responsibility for where you are in life. That's one of the first steps to being successful. Say, look, Lord, I really messed up. I messed up. You know, I, I Todd's not here this morning. I don't know why. He usually texts me and tells me why he's not coming. But uh, Todd, and you wouldn't care if I told you this. So, and I don't care if he does. I'm mm-hmm. missing him. You
2: know?
0: <laughs> no, it's not too bad. Todd was in a position where he couldn't rub two nickels against the other, one nickel against the other. Never had no money. Was always calling, can you help me with this? I need gas in my car. Can you help me get gas? Can you? Uh, we need some food. Can you help us get food? Um, never had savings. Was $3,000 behind an electric. Behind an electric. Just financial situation was a mess. His nerves were a wreck because all this weighed on his mind. Well, he started coming back to church about a year ago. Huh? About a year ago, so you prayed for him every year. I forget. Two years ago, and we told him, Todd, if you will listen." God will bring you out to where you never thought you could be. But you need to listen to Uncle Tom, and he calls his hand because of the dark. So, <laughs> so anyways, he gave his heart back to the Lord, and we started working with him. He got evicted from this place where he lived was living right down the street here. He got evicted from that. Couldn't pay the rent, always behind on the rent, always just paying enough just to keep them from locking them out or whatever. So we told him, he got out of that situation, and he said, I don't know where to go. I'm going to stay in, my uncle's letting me stay in his camper for now. I said, well, we're going to find the apartment. It's not going to be the Waldorf or the Hilton or anything, but we'll find you a half-decent apartment. I'm going to help you get into that. But you need to listen. Number one, you need to be faithful to God. People want to use God for like a puppet on a string or like a, a sugar daddy. Give me this, Lord. I need this. And then God makes a way for it. And they ignore it until the next time. they mean, Oh, give me this. And they expect God to do it. So you need to be faithful to God and told him. You need to pay your tithes, and people don't want to hear that one, but I'm sorry. But the Bible says if you don't pay your tithes, you have a curse on you. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. They say, well, that's the Old Testament. Well, the Old Testament is our schoolmaster, the New Testament says. So you're to learn from the Old Testament. Bob says if you don't pay your tithes, you have a curse on you. You're cursed in the field, you're cursed in your body, you're cursed in every area of your life. Read Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. I can't say that word. Read God, chapter 28. The blessings of obedience and the curses for disobedience. So we told him, you, you need to be faithful to God. God's gonna give you a new lease on life. You need to be faithful to him. That's part of your gratitude. That's showing your gratitude and thanking him for what he's done for you. You need to pay your tithes. Be faithful in paying your tithes. And read your word and pray. Stay true to God. Well, today, Todd Allen, we helped him get an apartment, and I put my John Henry on it. I asked Pastor if I could, and he said, yes, you can. So I co-signed for him. I said, now you're putting me out there, Todd Allen, and you will pay this rent every month. You will not be doing all kinds of whatever stuff they used to do to waste money. So you won't be doing those things. You may have to tighten the bullet a little bit for a while till you get yourself out on top. So we have to give it an apartment in Dallas town. I signed, and the guy told me, he said, well, I figured if you would back him up, then why should I trust him if you don't trust him enough to sign your name? So I said, I'll, I'll back him for six months. He said, good enough. So I signed my name on the contract. That meant if he didn't pay the rent, I had to. But he... He paid his rent, he kept his job because he was one of these at the company he works for now, He's he quit there like four times and went back, quit and got another job. Every time you quit a job, you got a two-week span before you get any money, people. Quit, plant, move it around all the time. Now, sometimes you can't help it. You have to. The job ends. or. Whatever you can't no longer do it—that's a different story. But you got to realize, every time you change a job, you got a waiting period. So are you prepared? Do you got enough money saved for that waiting period? So we told him, and we helped him get into that apartment, helped him get the things he needed for it, and he stayed at his job. And they actually gave him a promotion. Gave him more money, and he was gonna leave. He did find another job and he was gonna leave, but uh, he said, "I just feel like I should stay there." And then, so they told him what their what was their job gonna pay him. It was like two or three dollars more than what he was making. So they said, "We will give you that to keep you here because he's a great detailer. He does detailing on trucks and stuff." (laughs) Anyway, so. And then God moved him out of that after, what, eight months or so? He was in that apartment. And this other house, the little house, opened up. That was a one-bedroom apartment right on Main Street in Dallas town. Now he has a little house, has a back porch, a front porch, out in the country, like on the edge of town, kind of like out in the country. Has two bedrooms when his granddaughter stays over. And it's just much nicer. And it's cheaper. Then the apartment was. Then there a week, last week, he called us and said, can you go to the bank with me? Because I told him, I said, Todd, you got your car. We told him to pay that car off before he does anything else. I said, and quit. People do this all the time. They go to those rental units and rent furniture. Rent this, rent that. Do you realize the money you are wasting for that stuff? And we told him, stop that. You have anything from there, you take it back and quit. Do without until you can buy one. So he listened. See, this is the thing, people don't want to listen. When you give them instruction, they don't want to listen. They want to do it their way. Well, how was that way working? He knew his way wasn't working. So he listened to us. He quit that stuff and got rid of that stuff, paid his car. Now he got this better place. And he called us last week, and I told him, I said, you need to do an automatic, you no longer have that car payment of $80 a week. He was paid. And uh, Uncle Tom told him, he said, if you can't take the full 80 at least take a certain amount, what would have been your car payment, you no longer have to pay, have it automatically taken out of your check. You won't miss it. And put it into savings and build yourself a savings. That way, when your car needs tires, you got the money. When it needs you need this or that, you got the money because you got that little cushion there. And you're not going to miss it if it comes into your hands. People are spenders. We spend, 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 spend constantly. And on things that aren't necessary most of the time. Just fulfilling these fleshly desires. Right? Yeah, the Bible has
1: such a short, <laughs> short and profound scripture It says hear and then do. That's it. That's, it's that simple. That's how the gospel works. Hear the gospel, you're hearing the gospel today. Receive it and then do what you hear. That's right. If you don't do it, you'll be the same five years from now, ten years from now. Nothing will change. So you're just sitting with dull dull hearing. And the Bible says people have dull hearing because they choose not to listen. Yep. They and choose not to listen. He's like so
0: excited. Now he's got a savings account. He has a decent place to live. He can actually go to the store and buy some groceries. You know what I mean? When his granddaughter has a birthday, he can actually go buy her gifts. He don't have to take the rent money to do it. Or anything like that, but it's because he listened, and he quit blaming other people. And he even said that he said, "I know I am where I am because of my my choices, things I did or didn't do that I should have done." And he recognizes it now, and the Lord's bringing him out on top. So we're so thankful for that. You know,
1: I, as a believer, that's one thing. As a believer, you have to remember there's two forces. Good and evil. You have to remember that you can't you can't ignore it because it's there. When you make the decision in your heart to do good, the enemy's present, and he's got, he's going to bring evil. And the moment you try to do good, like you said about paying tithes, well, the the, the week you decide to pay your tithes, take out what belongs to God, your car breaks down. Or you lose your job, or... Are you, you're right, yeah. they lay off your job, whatever. The moment you choose to do good. But the Bible doesn't say backing up. It says do righteous. Yeah. you got to work righteous. When you work righteous, it's going to work for you. It'll come back. But you're going to stand there and you're going to fight the fight, the good fight. That's it
0: people always want to blame others that's what this third one is they blame others for where they are in their life no it's choices you made for yourself that's just you know Galatians chapter 6 verse 5 says for we are each responsible for our own conduct if you read the word of God God's saying right there it's your fault what you're doing.
1: That's a good word, Pastor Judy. Good word. Good, word. good
0: message. Let good us message. Of good message. Let us good message. Number four, and I'm going to stop with this one then and let you go, and if Pastor, unless the Holy Spirit moves another way, I'll finish it next week. But the fourth thing is, so they complain. Number one, we complain all the time. What was number two?
2: Always lame. lame.
0: Number three, always blaming others for what's going on in your life. And number four, this is a biggie, they waste money. Money's always burning a hole in your pocket. And if it is, you're setting yourself up for failure. Financially unsuccessful people have no idea where all their money is going most of the time, they're not frugal with their finances. And they have, have a habit of making spontaneous purchases with no regard to the consequence of high interest payments. That's why I tried to tell, we tried to tell uh, uh, Todd on them rental things. That's high, that's money you're putting out there and you end up paying a fortune for those things versus if you just laid one back at Walmart and paid it off little by little or Got an envelope, made an envelope, and stuck a dollar in here, stuck a dollar. But see, people, they're right here, right now. Gotta have it now. Gotta have it now. Gotta have it now. They don't want to wait. People don't want to wait on nothing. They don't. They tend to live in the moment. This group of overspenders lives beyond their means, racking up credit card debt because it can't seem to delay the gratification of getting those things, whatever it may be. Now, not all credit card debt is foolishness. Sometimes, if you have an issue comes up that you have nowhere else to draw the money from, and you have good credit, and you have a credit card, and can charge it on there, that's a totally different story. This is talking about. people who just buy everything in sight just to fulfill their own desires or their own cravings or whatever. If they want something, they get it, whether they can afford it or not. Your money habits can make you rich or they can put you in the poorhouse. A study done done by the Brown University uh, says that a lot of times those habits come from your Parents. If your parents were that way, they never say They spend that way. A lot of times, kids will follow that their parents' habits. Since that, um, 80% of the poor people who are poor in this study that they did, 80% of them had over five thousand in credit card debt. 69% used those credit cards. purchase big-ticket items and 77% had multiple credit cards. 61% of the poor do not own their homes, they rent them, while 100% of the rich own their homes. Other items that the unsuccessful tend to waste their money are on fast food, there's at least three, four fast food places all pumped together, <laughs> and we're constantly stopping there for this and that. They gave uh, they gave one example. Say you spend ten dollars a day, okay. You didn't want to cook, so you stop. Probably ten dollars don't even work at McDonald's anymore. But <laughs> say it was ten dollars, and you do that a day. Four days a week. That is costing you over $2,000 a year for that salad, hamburger, burrito, muffin, whatever it was. Can you imagine that?
1: Now imagine that two grand going into a savings account
0: instead. See? Amazing, huh? And there's probably other more extensive. But they spend it on gambling, playing the lottery, expensive electronic devices, new cars, renting furniture or appliances, late fees, vacations, whatever makes them happy or feel happy. Tattoos. Tattoos are expensive, are they not? I never had one, but I heard they're expensive. But some people you see, they have tattoos out of the zoo. Yeah, they have no money, they have to get an access card. Hello. What's wrong with that picture?
1: What was the new Hollywood... They had the
0: latest cell phones. What was the new devices? Hollywood
1: casino's profit they made out here the first oh, month they wrote? 10
0: million, 20 something million? something it was Astronomical. Always looking for that pie in the sky. People's always looking for the pie in the sky. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no financial vision, your money will perish. I just geared it to the finances, but the scripture actually says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. That means your finances won't grow if you don't have a vision or a goal set in those finances. Eat out, but eat out a little less. Still get your uh. What do we like? We like the caramel frappies at uh, McDonald's. But instead of buying two or three a week, we only buy one, like every maybe three weeks, four weeks.
1: And we share.
0: You and we share. You, you, there's a way. You don't have to completely cut yourself off, but scale back and save that, you know. that's Get a goal for your finances. When you have a financial target or a goal or maybe a vision to save like $1,000 or pay off a credit card, we, we set a goal this year to pay our car off. Our car is paid off. No extra money came in. I mean, you know, that the norm Lord normally blessed us with, but somehow the Lord just made a way and each month we got to put a little extra on there because we cut out a day now or cut out something or just put on hold, not buying this that we'd like to have or whatever. And We ended up paying that over $5,000 off like that. They got the car paid for. You can do it if you want to. If you set a goal, begin to set a goal. You know, We have money automatically goes into a savings that we're trying to get a savings built up. And you've got to make a start. If you don't make a start, if you have no desire to change, what did I say? Change your speech? and change your life. You will change where you are if you will begin to work the Word. This is working the Word.
1: This is
0: what God says to do. Get a vision, get a goal. Change
1: the not change until it's changed. Until it's changed.
0: Unsuccessful people do not have financial goals. Therefore, they spend and they spend, and they spend more than they earn. If you can't pay cash for what you want, don't get it. You can't afford it right now. Save up for it, earn it, and then enjoy. Enjoy having it because you earned it the right way and there's no stress on you. You have no stress over, hanging over you for a big dad or anything. Amen? Amen. Hey, hey, this, you know, that's one thing um, that Pastor and I try to do. There's no use. I know um, there's lots of preachers that preach better than us or or, um, more profound than us, whatever you want to say. But our goal is to teach people the word and then teach them how to obtain that, how to put that into action into their life. That's what making Jesus uh, told us to go and make disciples. There's a lot of believers, but there's not many disciples. Discipleship comes at a cost. Sometimes if you look up, or sometimes I might do a lesson on that, on the cost of discipleship. It costs you. You might have to sacrifice a little bit here to get to there, but it'll be worth it if you do that. Amen? Amen. Amen. So how many want to be successful? i do but it might take some sacrifice it might take some sacrifice can yes. you have a copy
2: of your lesson?
0: <laughs> sure like do you things? just want the 10 things i will print them out I will,
2: yes, but then things. i'll add what i wrote
0: down today to it you know because i won't be here now oh okay yep i can get you copies i don't have them right now but i can get you copies okay you want that
1: that's what the ministry is that God gave to us. Jubilee right? is the restoration of every area in your life, mentally, physically, financially, marriedly, spiritually. That's yes. what Jubilee, That's what our teaching is based on. And it's all biblical to bless every area of your life. But the longer you keep dragging it out, the worse it's going to get. Because the Bible says the world... That I means the system, yes. the government and all that is going to get worse and worse. So if you don't learn it now while it's easier, it's going to be a whole lot harder for you to grasp it when the world gets worse. And that's the way it is now with the taxes going up and inflation and, and all those types of things. You go to the grocery store now and you can buy a whole bag of groceries for what cost one T-bone steak. That's true. So it's harder. That's why not. It gets harder as the world gets worse. But if you learn it to do it when it's easier, God will work with you. Yes.
0: And He always makes a way out of no way. And and if you oh, just God.
1: complain,
0: complain and
1: find fault tomorrow, complain and remain. If you wake up tomorrow. It's yeah. going to be the same. Next week, it's going to be the same. Next month, it's going to be the same. Next year,
0: you'll still be borrowing money. You'll still be... And the
1: Bible Bible teaches you what you did or what you said yesterday is what you have today. That's true. And when you understand that and get that in your hard head, God will begin to help you. But if you don't get it in your hard head and you keep doing it and keep complaining and keep finding fault, it's not going to get any easier. And it'll be tougher. And you've got to start speaking. The Bible says about us speaking in Proverbs, I think it's 1821. Yeah. Like if, if you speak terrible things, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. You've got to start speaking positive because your day will come. The thing is, God wants you to learn your lesson. Yeah. A lot of people want it to come like a microwave lifestyle. Yeah. You say it one day and you want it the next. No, it don't work that way. You've got to look at the months and years that you deteriorated in your speaking and your spirit. Now you've got to build your spirit and you've got to build your speaking. Yes. And then when God knows it's time, he'll give it to you. He'll release it to you. He's not trying to be hard. He wants you to understand when you deserve it, then He'll give it to you. He's God. Everybody says He's God. He can do whatever He wants to. That's right. He'll do whatever He wants to. But it's up to you. When Jesus went back to heaven, He says, now I'm letting it up to you. He went back to heaven to sit down with the Father. And now He says, how are you going to make it work? He's the only tester that came back from the grave to see that we were carrying out his testament. He left us with the word. He rose from the dead to see what you're doing with it. And when he comes back, he said, will I find faith when I come? It's the only thing he said. Will he find faith when he comes? And he will if you work the word. You do what the word tells you. Start focusing on other people. What can I do for other people? There's always something. If you look, there's always something. Somebody's car breaks down. You can take them to work till they get it fixed. Somebody has to wait to get a paycheck. You can help them put gas in their car, help them to get something to eat till they get a paycheck in their pocket. There's always something you can do to help somebody.
0: i have done that so many times.
1: Stop focusing on me, myself, and I. Get out of that box. That's the box the world lives in. Me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. Get out of the box. Now, because we've done that, we've had people walk up to us in the grocery store. And I know God laid it on their heart. They said... "I." They told the waiter that we'd like to pay their bill. We've had that happen. Or we've had people put gas in our tank. Because we're doing it all the time. time. When you do it, he said, you put your bread on the water, and many days,
2: days
1: the drift of the waves, it's common sense. It's going to bring it back. If you see that commercial about plastics and syringes and all that stuff, Look at all them tons of stuff they threw. Mouths, they went out hundreds of miles in the ocean and dumped it. Now it's on the beach already. Because the yep. waves brought it back. He'll do the same thing with... That's why he said nature will teach you. Look at that commercial. And he said he'll do the same thing with your blessing. Put it out there, and he'll bring it back to you. Are you finished? That's good. I, think, then, I yeah. think you're finished, aren't you? Yeah, finished? I'm
0: done honey. that i am going to finish next week.
1: That's all come up front. Wasn't that a good message? That wasn't message? That's a good message. Wasn't that a good message? Sure was. We need that every now and then,
0: huh? Well, that's a practical. We need God. we need to
1: stop being pumped and patted and and fed and diapered and all that stuff. You have to understand. God's not trying to hurt you. He never was. He said, I didn't come to condemn, i come to save. He wants to redeem you. That's what this ministry is all about. Jubilee is to bring restoration. But if you don't listen to what these two people have to say, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. I can tell you that too. I can tell you the negative as well as the positive. It's not going to change. But when you go and make a step, make an effort, when you go home today, look around, say there's something I can change. I'm going to change. I'm going to make a change. There's something I can do. I can start praying more. I can start reading the Word more. I can start confessing more. Other people watch you. Huh? You live 20 years of good Christian life and make one mistake. Make one mistake. It's
0: it's mistake. Under you under the bus.
1: That peer is gonna be on the phone and they're gonna be texting you. Hey!
0: No.
1: You hypocrite! No. Yeah, I know. I know how they are. The world watches you. They don't care about the good you do. They don't care how much word you speak. They don't care how many times you darken the church door. They want to see you make one mistake. Yep. That's what they watch. And people tell pastor all the time, Do you know so and so? And I don't want to hear it. Like, I shut my You mm, ever see that?
0: T V shows they,
1: they talk. I don't want to hear it.
0: Though.
1: I don't want to hear it because none of us are perfect. That's true. This pastor tells you that's that over. None of us are past, perfect, and that's that's not to condone wrongdoing. I tell you that because you look to the one who is perfect. There's one who is without sin. Yes. That's why God was satisfied. He satisfied heaven's justice for all of us. For our stupid mistakes. I've made plenty of them in my lifetime. I made dumb choices and could have kicked myself. I can't get my feet up high enough anymore. <laughs> I used to want to kick myself. and said, now why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I go there? Why, why did I buy that? You know, <clears throat> But it's a process. <laughs> say my new, my new redeemed life is a process. Twenty-four-seven. Twenty-four seven. Three hundred and sixty-five. Now say it again. My, my redeemed, redeemed life is a process. Is a process. 24/7. 24/7. 365. Now if you rehearse that in yourself within yourself. You won't listen to the devil try to beat you down. You'll have the hardest, the hardest thing I know myself is to forgive myself. The hardest thing I had being a Christian is growing and reading the word and praying and God changing my life. The hardest thing was to forgive myself. The devil says, yeah, but you know, yeah, I know. You know what you did? Yeah, I knew what I did. You know, and he'll keep, he'll keep bringing that up to you and bringing it up to you. Till Jesus come. To defeat you. We're not a defeated foe. We are not a defeated foe. We are not a defeated foe. And until we live on the other side of the redeemed, people around us will want to follow us to church. You don't have to beg people. You don't have to force people. You don't have to do all that nonsense. Just love them. I tell... Women that I uh, minister to, I said, if your hubby don't serve God, quit finding the 15 things that he does wrong. Stop mentioning it. Stop it. Stop it. Mention the good thing he does. The one good thing. I remember when I was first a Christian, and I I don't think I was ministering then yet, and my wife kept asking me about hanging this, what what are they called, collage? a little bit up there, right? collage Picture And she kept telling me and telling me and telling me. She'd lay them out and tell me how she wanted these. And yeah, I will. I will. Of course, I worked 16-hour day, and I got tired and the mud of the yard. And I never a week went by, two weeks went by, a month went by. So finally, she got a little wisdom, and she, when I came home on the countertop on her counter, it's like a, they call them an Allen now. She had my power drill. She had my box of screws, and she had all her collage pictures hanging. There. I said, I went to her, put my arm around, and I said, I got the message. I got the message, and I hung her collage up that day. But she did not beat me down. Hubbies don't, they say, nag, nag, nag. They don't like to hear that. See, God, let God. And
0: live. we say, well, if they do this the first time, then we wouldn't have to keep telling Right
1: and you right. will look for you will look for the excuse <laughs> Pastor Judy just killed my whole message
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you do it not the first Bye. time but the You're second right. time the tenth time the twentieth time you keep doing it and doing it and doing it and it will sink in and your hubby will get it he may not tell you but he'll look at, it, at you across the room and he say that's one thing she never finds fault. It's something about a man. And he's saying that she never finds fault. She always has a good thing to say. And it was like the story I told in the little town where there wasn't too many people. And the people would die, and this one man would come up and look in the casket, and he always had something good to say. And then the mean man that didn't care about nobody. He didn't care. He didn't care if you didn't have a loaf of bread He, he would not help nobody. And when he died, that guy come tiptoeing up to the casket and he stared and he stared and he stared. And everybody sitting back there in their minds is turning, wondering what he's going to say. He turned around and looked at the congregation he said, so and so, whatever his name was, he said he had the nicest set of teeth of everybody in this town. You can find something good to say. Look for it. Start looking for something good to say. Find something good to say. Stop talking that negative, bad stuff about anybody. Don't judge. He said, don't judge. He tells us in Matthew chapter 7. He said, don't judge. Unless it's righteous. Don't judge. Because when you do, that judgment is going to come back to you. One day it's going to come back to you. And it's going to hurt when it does. Stop judging. Because I tell people in Corinthians, I can't think of the chapter and verse right now, the Lord says, no one, listen to this, how many knows what no is? No is no. No one knows that man's heart except that man and the Lord. Even my wife don't know what's in my heart. She'd come up to me and say negative things, and I said, stop judging me. Because you don't know what's in my heart. You don't know what I'm right. thinking right now. Now, God tells us that. Am I not right? Say the right. word. I forget the chapter and verse right now. I know it's in Corinthians. He says, No man. Mm-hmm. That means no one. None of you knows what's in my heart right now. Last week, God was in my heart. God was here. God's oh. present. Awesome. I would not give all the money in the world to rich people. Pelosi can keep her $340 million. I would not give it for what I felt in here. And I guarantee you, you can go visit several churches in here and you won't feel what you felt here last week. I guarantee you that. We had one woman here that's been coming here for a couple years. We never saw her shed tears, never. She's nice, but we never saw her shed tears last Sunday. She began to cry. She started to cry. God Christ moved on her. God was moving on her heart, and she started to cry. And her lips started to stammer. God filled her with Ghost, Because she humbled herself. See, you've got to humble yourself. You humble before God. That's why when we get to heaven, we're going to kneel. He's king of kings, not us. We're going to kneel. Don't let pride destroy your Christianity. Humble yourself. Tell people you're sorry. Tell people you love them. See what you can do to reach out to help somebody. Just don't take them a chocolate cake without peanut butter icing. <laughs> yeah. Father, I thank you for your wonderful, wonderful people here today. I thank you for their faithfulness to the Jubilee. I thank you for their finances, Lord, deeply from my heart, Lord. we, My wife and I would not have this pedestal to preach from if it wouldn't be for your people's generosity to reach in their pockets and reach deep to help us do what we have to do we thank you lord if there's anyone here that hasn't learned what it is to give to you speak to their heart lord let them know how much you can bless them how much you can open the doors of opportunity that they've been praying and crying about lord you can do it god like the songwriter wrote there's nothing impossible to you you're better yes you're